0: Episode one eighteen. Welcome to Dharmic Evolution. Hey everybody, I'm your host James Kevin O'Connor, singer songwriter, audio video artist, master storyteller. Hey John Oates, Steve Cropper, a cigarette burn branded amplifier courtesy of Dan Fogerberg. We are visiting the beautiful countryside of Cedar Edge, Colorado today to listen to the adventures and music of David Starr. It's a good one, so you better strap up your seatbelts and let's go for a ride. Have you heard the news? There is a brand new musical act out on the airwaves called Mercy. This is something that you have never heard before. It's spiritual. It's the truth unleashed with scripture delivered by Christine Mercy, along with drums, guitars, pianos, violins, and vocals from singer-songwriter James Kevin O'Connor. Yes, a little bit of heaven on earth and just in time. Behold, the brand new single from the forthcoming album, I Am Victorious. Yes, Jesus came, he saw, he taught, he preached, he healed, he suffered unimaginable torture and not only defeated the evils of Satan, but he won the entire war for the entire world. And as he stated in the song, I'm going home, back to the throne, victorious, it's glorious. I've many rooms in my father's house for all of us. It's glorious. Learn to trust in his name. I Am Victorious, the new single, is out now and available on iTunes, Amazon, and CD Baby. Recorded just weeks ago on Music Row in Nashville, Tennessee... Download the single I Am Victorious right now on iTunes, Amazon and CD Baby and keep your eyes open for the full album release coming soon. Featuring Come, Bless You, Amen, I'm Afraid, It Is Finished and yes the title track I Am Victorious available right now. Go to iTunes, CD Baby or Amazon and download your copy of I Am Victorious today. And keep your eyes and ears open for the new band, Mercy, coming to a venue near you soon. This message is sponsored by the James O'Connor Agency. On the Dharmic Evolution today, I'm delighted to have David Starr. We're out in the wonderful state of Colorado. David, welcome to Dharmic Evolution.
1: Welcome to Cedar Edge, Colorado. Love
0: it, man. I love you. The backdrop, as you folks can see, with the guitars, man, what a what an intro to a show, huh? <laughs> this is awesome. Well, it's,
1: that's, that's my day job. So when I'm not out playing music, I've got a store. So you're
0: surrounded by music 24-7, I would
1: suspect. I didn't stand a chance from an early age.
0: Yeah. <laughs> hey, your your bio's amazing, all the different things you've done. And, uh, you know, I took the time to, to go through your website. Man, you've got so much... Um, you're really deep with content and great music and a lot of it. So, um, you've been doing this for a while. You've been touring, you've been writing. So, so much to talk about. Where are you right now? Like in the last couple of weeks, have you come off a tour? Have you been in the studio? What's been going on with your
1: life lately? Uh, well, funny you should ask the last 10 days have been kind of a whirlwind. I had I had, uh, I had a trip to Disneyland booked for the family, and I told a bunch of people in my family I would take them all one time to Disneyland. Nice. And so we had that booked, and then starting Wednesday of this week, we had dates booked down in Texas. In the middle of all that, after those things were booked, I got accepted to the Dripping, into the S- Dripping Springs Songwriters Festival, which was over this last weekend. So I had to fly from Disneyland to Dripping Springs, Texas, then fly home yesterday, get in the motorhome tomorrow, and drive back to Texas. So... <laughs> <laughs> R- routing is not my thing, apparently, but uh, I'm very, very busy. I play about one hundred and fifty nights a year, which for a guy with a day job is quite a bit. And then the bulk of that is spent away from home, touring in a motorhome, playing. So, wow, I'm very busy. Yeah, I always writing, always riding as well. So
0: that's awesome, awesome. Congratulations on that, Thank all you. Of that success because it is successful when you're doing what you love. You never work a day in your life, right? It's really just that's amazing. Ex- that's it. Yeah. So. So tell me about this songwriters festival. I want to ask you: Have you ever gone to the Durango, which is in your neck of the woods?
1: I'm familiar with it. I've just never done it. You know, the ones that I've been that have been close by, I've I've always been off doing something else. And you know, it's kind of that toss up between: Do you look for paying gigs and go out and do that, or do you or do you function focus on these what what essentially become really good showcase and, and networking opportunities? All of those things have value, and so uh, the, the one I did over the weekend was—it's—it's um, a—it's the third year for the Dripping Springs Festival. First year I've been, they—they they had forty-four songwriters, uh, something like sixty different showcases going on all over this small town. You could walk from place to place and just hear music all weekend, and then it was all capped off by a performance by Rodney Crowell. Who basically took us all to school on how to write songs in about two hours, you know. It was wow. it was an amazing weekend and I met a lot of great folks, and one of the fun things for me is I, I play lead guitar as well some, and so uh, while other people on the showcases were playing their songs, I, I got permission to play along with them and play some fills and licks and slide and that sort of stuff, so I, I stayed really busy and had a great time. Great, great. Yeah, let's, let's
0: bring everybody into your world. And uh, give them a taste. How about Life After You? Here we go.
2: I don't know what disappoints me most That you left me here alone That you took so long to go Don't know if I'm broken or just bruised Repossessed, abandoned, or just used Right now, I don't know what I'm gonna do. But I'm pretty sure there's life after you. Don't know why it took me by surprise. Thought I was paying close attention to that distance in your eyes. Should have known it was coming, now I see You looking down the road, looking to be free Right now you don't know what I'm gonna do But I'm pretty sure there's life after you Time goes by and small things change To the future you were chasing just looks laughable and strange Uncertainty that what you were to me gotta kill myself of looking back. Say just what is true. But I'm pretty sure there's life after you. Pretty sure there's life after you.
0: now i don't know what i'm gonna do but pretty sure there's life after you that was hot man were you playing a slide on that
1: i wish i could tell you that was my slide playing i played i played some slide on the record that particular track was played by a guy named rob mcnelly rob plays with everybody in nashville he's a a younger guy than me killer player when i i first met him we we were talking i said so what do you do when you're not in the studio you know? he said well i play in the silver bullet band and i said you mean with bob seger and he said yeah that one i went <laughs> oh so i had this yeah. vision of him up there doing the solo on like a rock yeah you know which he said he said was just about the most fun all night long you know just to wail on that one so right great guy great guy great player plays with everybody yeah the
0: tone was awesome and the song is amazing you know right but you. as we went into that you folks didn't hear it on the on the break there but uh you know, David and I were talking about, David mentioned it, you know, it's hey, it's a short song. And, and I always admire that when you can do a short song and really just right, get to the meat of it. Um, and I always admire that craft in songwriting when you can tell a story and, you know, the opening two lines. Autumn, you know, you're almost like 30% through the story. You've already told the listener what this is all about. And I think guys like Brian Wilson were masters at that. And I always had, had just such admiration for people who could do that. And it's, it's always something I'm trying to work on all the time. And I can hear it in your music, man. You've, um, you, you've really got that going on.
1: Well, one of the things that I, I, I sort of grew up in that period, you know, I'm, I'm going to be 60 this year here in just a few days, actually on election day, which is Fateful for a number of reasons this year. <laughs> I don't. Even, I don't even know how to feel about it. Right. But, but one of the things I grew up listening to AM and FM radio, and so I was sort of schooled on short songs. And then FM came along, and, and there were these the longer format tunes. I love Steely Dan. I love Pink Floyd. I love all that stuff. But I sort of cut my teeth uh, songwriting wise listening to Eagles and Poco and J D. Souther and, and and all that kind of stuff. And I just, I just like a song with a good bridge and a good chorus and a good verse. And, you know, I just structure wise, that's where I'm at. And I noticed when I was at this songwriting festival, there are younger people who, some of them who wrote really, really good songs and others wandered around a little longer than, than, than I'm used to. And, and, uh, uh, you know, maybe, maybe that's just a function of not having done it as long. And I, I like to think, I like to think I'm getting there, but, uh, uh, you know, I still don't think I've written the right, the right, the right tune yet. I'm still working on it, so it keeps me, keeps me focused.
0: Well, that that's the thing. I don't think any of us ever feel like we've arrived, which is really kind of the the, the beauty of being a songwriter. Is um, you don't really want to arrive. You know, you, it's right. always like an endless progression of wow. I raised the bar higher once again, and I, I'm still trying to. Uh, you know, I think Mick Jagger recently, somebody interviewed him and, and he was going on about, you know, they've done so many shows, but he was going on about how they're not quite there yet. He's almost got it together. Like, you know, they're, they're, they're still like trying to achieve, like, I don't want to say perfection on stage, but there's always this, um, this reach, this stretching of, I know I can do better. I have more in me that I can do it now. And and god knows how many
1: shows they've done I mean, that's just it's, it's just creative tension you know and that's what yeah. keeps you going you know and it's a it's a good thing and that's uh that's what was fun about the synergy working with all these songwriters over the weekend and this week i'll get to do some more of that with some guys in houston and uh, on, a, on a writer's round so i'm i'm very blessed that i get to go out and do that i've got somebody good that can run my store while i'm gone and so i oh, get that's to go great come home all full of music and and I'm always writing when I'm on the road too. So I get ideas, you know, just, just, just the travel helps that. Yeah. Helps that. So.
0: You know, the, uh, I, if anybody's listening who is an aspiring musician or no matter where you are, I, I can't recommend highly. These, uh, these songwriting, uh, ventures are just so good. I mean, uh, I think I went to Durango two or three times and, and I met, um, the two times I went, I remember meeting Jeffrey Steele at both of those, um, who's a very successful songwriter and just, you know, Chuck Cannon was another one. There's just a room full of like songwriting masters. And I didn't realize how far behind the curve I was as a writer until like a year after that, like everything sunk in slowly and you start to learn your, you know, you're always working on your craft. You're always trying to get better at as, as a writer and a performer, I guess. But, um, those events you learn so much from the people who are uh, clearly skilled like you are and uh and have so much to offer so much to uh to share their knowledge their wisdom and there's the songwriting craft i think is so deep you don't really realize it like as a neophyte like how far you have yet to go <laughs> until you well, get into it for a long time you know i'm talking hundreds of songs later and you're still yeah. like I haven't arrived yet, man.
1: <laughs> yeah, Well, you know, one of the one of the songs that's on the new record is I wrote with John Oates of Hall and Oates, and uh, I've done some shows with him as a guitar player, and and that's been that's been a lot of fun. But along the way, I, I sort of nudged him a couple of times. and said, you know, if you'd ever like to write, and that's that's a touchy thing because I'm I'm kind of I'm kind of on one level, and he's on that other level, right? You know, and you know, having sold so many records and had so many hits. But he's a good guy and a gracious person, and he was nice enough to take the time. And so we, I went into the songwriting, uh, the co-writing thing, which, by the way, was one of my first co-writes ever. Really? I, don't, I haven't John. done much of that. And so I walked in there, I thought, well, why not just start at the top, you know? Yeah. So I, I go in, and I've got this idea, and it's a fairly dark idea, you know? And he took it, and he said, do you mind if we just twist this around a little bit? And I said, man, I'm, I'm open. And by the time two and a half hours was done, it was... It was really more of a pop song than anything that I'd thought about doing, but I thought, you know, that's that's what he's good at, and and I learned, I learned more than anything on that on that particular co-write. Don't pre don't pre uh, suppose the outcome. Don't don't yeah. think you know, you know, just be open to whatever comes out of it because that's, you know, it's it's like going to a movie and, and having read all the reviews. You know, that's not fair to the movie. So yeah, so I went in there. I went in there without any pre preconceived notion or maybe i had a preconceived notion but i came out of there going ah that's how you do it yeah and it was uh, you know it was cool and then he came in and sang on it it's been almost a year since he came in and sang on the record and i mean he just couldn't have been a nicer sport about the whole what's thing what's the name of the right.
0: track that you guys worked on
1: it's called secrets
0: oh okay is it out yet or
1: no it's on that it's on the cd it's on, oh, is it? uh, it's on, it's which, on love and sabotage
0: love and sabotage okay yeah. you folks heard it here so how it must have been a hoot to work with John, who had such success, um, obviously Hall & Oats were a household name for many, many years uh, in the 70s and, they're still and out. 80s. They're yeah. still out
1: and selling out. You know, Are they touring so, now? Oh, yeah. They're out, they They go also? out every spring and summer, do, I don't know, 60, 70 shows, whatever it is, sell right. out all over Europe and Japan, all over the states. And it's, you know, he played, he came to this little town I live in and played a, a house we we did a show just the two of us in January of last of this year, right? And uh, I played guitar with him. He just did his his solo stuff, and and then two weeks later, he was playing at Madison Square Garden to a sold out crowd with with Daryl. So yeah, that was pretty cool. I wrote him a note. I said, "Yeah, I know it's not Cedar Edge, Colorado, but you know, but we, you know, he he's just as at home doing one as he is the other." So yeah, it because big- it's music. That's
0: why. Yeah, it's it like you know, like like all the decoration is great, but it's still you know, the core value is still what gets you jacked up, you know, like, yep. like, what does it bring to you? So tell me about Cedar Ridge. Where's that located, David? Like in relationship um, to Boulder? It, or, well,
1: or? well, just speaking of Durango, it's three hours north of Durango. Oh, okay. So we're on the Western Slope. Uh, Grand Junction's probably the closest large town and, uh, due north of, of Telluride a couple hours, you know, so. Right uh, we're on the side of the Rockies that, that a lot of people forget about if they're from the east east coast or from, you know, east of the Mississippi or whatever. And, uh, it's kind of high desert. The Cedar Edge biggest landmark is right behind town here up to the north, about 10 miles is, is Grand Mesa, which is the largest flat top mountain in the world. Wow. I never, I it, didn't know that. Yeah. It's uh 200 lakes on top of it. It's, it's an amazing place. I urge people to come out and visit. And, you know, it's, uh, in the winter, cross country skiing, snowmobiling, snowshoeing, that sort of thing. And then in the summer, lots of hunting and fishing and, uh, mountain biking, that sort of thing. So it's, yeah, it's kind of an all year round and it's not really, really terribly cold here. So, you know, it's, right. it's perfect. Well, I remember when I arrived
0: in Durango, I was really blown away. I, I didn't really realize where it was till I got there and I pulled the map out and I go, wow, we're almost in New Mexico. It's so close, yeah. but, um, but uh what happened was the year I went to Durango was the last year they actually had it in Durango because um I guess for most folks it was at least two plane rides, you know, to get there from wherever you were because it's yeah. you know kind of difficult to get there but uh well was it worth it um yeah. and I think they have it now in uh I think they have it in uh Denver or something but hey so tell me more about some of your collaborations i mean you know working with John must have been like just so over the top as far as you know, having that experience and you worked with some other heavyweights too, as well. I mean, and you've toured and you've opened for people, you've been on stage with people. Give me, give us some of the, you know, the highlights of your memory of, of what really was awesome for you.
1: Well, there've been, there've been a lot of them. I lived in Aspen in the early eighties for a time. And that was a period of time when a lot of movie stars and rock stars and just people that wanted to get out of LA and, and, and be seen someplace else or just wanted to ski or whatever, they would come to Aspen. And I played in bar bands and one of my favorite memories is one night I'm coming off this little, I say coming off stage, the stage was about eight inches. It was a two by eight, <laughs> you know, the stage was the height of a two by eight. The yeah, but, it, was,
0: but it was elevated. So it was a yeah, stage. Yeah, we
1: call it a stage. So, <laughs> so I'm up there playing with, with some guys and I was, I'm a drummer as well. So I, I was playing drums that night. Uh, well not, not that particular, excuse me. I was playing guitar that night I had my old 58 Stratocaster with me and, uh, and I'm walking through the through this little bitty crowded bar. And it was back when you could smoke in bars, so everything was smoky and funky. And I'm walking through the crowd trying to get back to the bathroom or the bar or whatever. And this guy's approaching me and I realize it's Dan Fogelberg and he says, Hi, I'm Dan Fogelberg. And I said, Yes, you are. He said, uh, you mind if I play your old guitar? And I said, No, that'd be cool. So he got up and we played a whole set together. He I sang and he sang and I played tambourine and stuff, but he he played my old strat. And the funniest thing was he, he smoked cigarettes at the time and he, he laid a cigarette on the edge of my amp, you know how you have it hanging off there burning. Oh
0: yeah. Right.
1: And the amp was the amp had this wood cabinet. It wasn't covered in anything. It was an oak cabinet or something. And at some point I looked back, just happened to glance back and I noticed it was burning a place on the edge of the amp. And he was pretty upset and apologetic about it. And I was I was kind of stoked that I had Dan Fogelberg's cigarette burn on my amp. <laughs> but he was that was fun. And then there's another night in that very same bar when I was playing drums and I wound up on stage with Sonny Bono, half the guys in the Nitty Gritty Dirt Band, and Kenny Edwards um, from Linda Ronstadt's band, and it was like, this is this is what you this is the kind of stuff you dream of, you know. So I've I've had a lot of good fortune and played with a lot of people. This record wound up with not only Oates on there, but Steve Cropper, uh, you know, from the old Stax Records days, the oh, yeah. MGS, and the Blues Brothers. And uh, then Richie Furey sang on two songs. And Richie was, of course, with Buffalo Springfield and Poco and still plays. Right. So I, I, I you know, I'm pinching myself because I got three Rock and Roll Hall of Famers on my little record. You
0: know, That's it's amazing, cool. man. What a, what a great, great thing to have, you know. Hey, let's play another one, shall we? Let's do uh, Call It Love.
2: I can go on I'll be damned if I'll go back Wait with your good intentions Push the train off the track Brought us here in the first place When we both had something to show Now the station is empty we're the last to know no.
0: about called it love i hear some amazing guitar playing in that one
1: well that one uh that's when I, I recorded that with a couple of friends of mine actually guys that play in oats uh with oats on occasion and have for years uh john michelle and, and michael jude from the aspen area, they're buddies of mine and kind of got me introduced to john in the first place several years ago so um i wanted them to be on the record so i had them come over to my house we cut that track just me on acoustic guitar and them playing bass and drums and then I took it uh, and recut my guitar parts, played everything on it, pianos, vocals, did everything. And I had it completely finished, and I'm down in Nashville just about a year ago, and we're wrapping up mixing and overdubs and whatnot. And a buddy of mine who's been in the record business for many years down there, we were out to dinner, and he said, "He said, hey, man, let's, uh, you want Cropper to play on it? Because Cropper used to be his neighbor, and uh, they're good friends. And this Steve that, Cropper. Steve Cropper. Yeah. The current. I, said, uh, I said, that would be pretty outstanding because for a guy like me you know I'm like I said I'm 60 years old almost I grew up listening to the MGs and I grew up listening to all the Stack stuff and Otis Redding he wrote the guy wrote Dock of the Bay for goodness sake so yeah. anyway um, I said you know that would be amazing he said if you got anything left that that needs a guitar part and I said I'll find something so because uh, when that opportunity comes up you don't go nah I don't think so yeah because that may never happen again so I had this one tune and th- 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 called it love and it was Essentially, I had it with me on a on a, uh, a thumb drive, and I was gonna, we were going to mix the next day and and uh, at one o'clock. And he said, "Well, if we could get it done before one o'clock, Cropper could just be on it too." And I went, "That'd be great." So he said, "I'll see what I can do." So, long story short, the, the call came at about nine fifteen. He said, "Where are you?" And I said, "We're in traffic trying to go get coffee." He said, "Show up over at RCA Studio B. It's that one down at the end of the hall where Elvis and Patsy Cline used to record. That's where." <laughs> He said, "That's where Cropper and his engineer work." And I went, "Oh man!" So we go down into this little, little control room with an old board, you know, a lot of wires sticking out. It wasn't, you know, it wasn't state of the art like a lot of the rooms in Nashville. Yeah. And, and and the the live room where they had the the drum kit and the piano and all that stuff set up wasn't very big. You know, it. Looking back, it's it, it, I can see how it'd be one of those those pictures you see where you can see the whole band kind of sitting in one end of the room. Yeah. And, uh, that's where Elvis and Patsy used to, to cut their stuff. And, uh, and is Cropper it on music showed, row? Is it? Yeah, it's there oh. in the old RCA building. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. And so Cropper shows up and as it turns out, he and I have mutual friends in a band called the Kate brothers. He produced them back in the seventies and they're from my hometown. So it was kind of an icebreaker. And I said, I appreciate you doing this, sir. And he said, I haven't done anything yet, son. So, uh, <laughs> anyway, he, he listened to it. And one of the funny things that happened is I said, he said, what do you want? And I said, I, I'm not crazy about my solo, my guitar solo, and he said, "Let me hear it." So the guy rolled the solo, and he said, "That's a great solo. I love that uh, Marty Robbins stuff you did on there." He said, "I can't play like that, and I never will." Let's let me just do what I do, and I said, "Do what you do." So <laughs> he added those little, that little uh, kind of secret sauce, you know, kind of ear candy that he puts on stuff, and it yeah. changed the song for me. I'd never would have thought of doing that. Oh, it's beautiful. Can't think, I can't imagine it not being on there now. That's that's the beauty of it. You know, the song existed on one level and it was fine and then he, he he just took it to another level by adding that stuff and you know I'm just forever grateful for it you know and I, I hope to work with him again I mentioned it and, and we're, we've are we kind of talked back and forth he and the en- engineer and I so we'll see yeah
0: that's but, it was a uh, great track I love the guitar playing I mean it stands out so much you guys gotta be digging this one the music and adventures and the stories of David we're gonna get right back to the stories right after this are you a singer, songwriter, artist, or author? Are you in need of a platform for your career? While well, the James O'Connor Agency is in the business of helping you broadcast your global career... If you are needing to expand your presence in a big way, such as having your music and your voice heard around the world in 196 countries, then look no further. We have the platforms here to help you catapult your career like no one else can. Here at the James O'Connor Agency, we can expand your global career by being a featured guest on Dharmic Evolution for singer-songwriters and everyone in the entertainment industry. Or the James O'Connor Show, designed for authors, speakers, and Thought leaders. Both shows are international radio, TV shows, and podcasts. Go to the James O'Connor Agency.com and find out what we can do for your global career right now. Hey, so how did you guys do this? I mean, you said you had your, you know, your project on a thumb drive. Where did you carry it from? Like a Pro Tools rig, or is that what I you did?
1: Used? I did this album on Pro Tools. Uh, I, I, in the past, I've used different different programs. I'm working in studio one persona studio one right now on some stuff. So different stuff, but in Nashville, everybody's using pro tools. So it makes sense to, to carry your stuff around, you know, so a they lot were, of it, they were set up with that. So even though
0: it was a legacy yeah. studio, of course they had, you know, they're set oh, yeah, up yeah. for,
1: yeah. Yeah. So he just, he, the engineer just popped it in there, opened it up, changed some panning assignments and stuff. Got it where he liked the way it sounded. And then, uh, and then Steve just came in and added his part. And it, it, we spent about an hour on his part. I mean, he, he worked on it and did several, tried a lot of different things till he got what he was happy with. And yeah, knows, Lord knows I was happy with it. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Hey, tell me about
0: David. How did you, how did you like get your sound? Like, you know, rewinding back to the beginning, like when you first started your musical career, like um, how did you develop your sound? Like, who were you listening to as a youngster? Um, You know, just bring us back to the, like your, your, the genesis of David Starr. Like, how did you become who you are today? what was the path that brought you eventually to your sound?
1: Well, my, you know, going all the way back to the start at 10 years old, my brother who's three years older was taking guitar lessons. So I thought, well, I want to, you know, you want to be like your older brother unless he's, you know, a convict or whatever. And he wasn't. So yeah. I said, uh, I said to my mom, I said, I want to take something, you know? So she, she got me into drum lessons at this little guitar store. And the guy that ran the store was Earl Kate, who's been a huge influence on me and a good friend for 50 years now. And he, he, you know, just being around that and, and listening to my older brother had good records. You know, he had he bought all the records. He bought all the birds records, the, the Buffalo Springfield and, and you know, all the Beatles stuff, obviously. And I was I, I listened to everything, but I was always drawn to good singing. And I yeah. think, uh, you know, as much as I like Bob Dylan and as, as masterful as he is at writing, I was a little late to his stuff because I wasn't drawn to his singing voice. I wanted to listen to good to good vocals, and so I was drawn to anything that had good harmonies. That's why I dug the Eagles and Jackson Brown and the you know uh, Poco and all that all that L.A. you know Southern California stuff where they Burrito Brothers, where they really worked on the harmonies. Yeah, and, and singing because I don't consider myself a great guitar player. I'm a drummer first, a guitar player second, and I I get by and I I do I do okay, but what I'm most gratified is when somebody comes up and says, you got a great voice because yeah. that's what I really work at. And that's ultimately, that's all you got. And if you had to sit in with somebody and you had nothing in your hands, you got to be able to sing. And so, yeah, uh, just, just drawn to good singers, good harmony. And as far as the sound, I always like the sound of a, a good backbeat, but I like a good, a good acoustic guitar kind of playing with that hi hat, you know, that four, four hi hat. Yeah. And then just layering stuff on top of that pieces and parts. You know, if I had to, if I had to pick the most, one of my favorite songs on the planet is New Kid in Town, you know, J.D. Souther yeah. tune that, that the Eagles added to and, and, and had on their record. And the turnarounds, the bridge is just the, I don't know, it's just everything's there. So Right. Um, you know, whenever I do a sound check, somebody says, let's hear your guitar and, I, and your vocal. I just start doing New Kid in Town because it just, <laughs> and I've never played it live. That's oh, funny, really? Yeah. yeah. I just, you know, but I, that's, can't hit all, I can't hit all the notes. That's so. your
0: warm up though. You know, it's It's classic. Hey, yeah. I noticed that, um, uh, right now, currently you're doing a lot of like dates in the, in the Southwest. Is that like your fave? Um, is that, you know, regionally, is that comfortable for you or do you just tour everywhere depending on the season?
1: Um, yeah, a lot of it is seasonal, but right now, a lot of that just, it just works out that after you've done the solo thing where you're touring by yourself a little bit, um, you sort of develop a, a circuit and, and, you know, for instance, uh, this time I'll go, I'll go do some stuff that I've already done. Um, you know, I did maybe a year ago. So every year you don't want to wear the thing out and go back too often. So, yeah. and, and the people that book it, I say, hey, can I come back next year? And, sure. And then over time you add things in between. I'll go back to England and Scotland in the spring of next year. I've been a couple of times, was lucky enough to go with some friends of mine from Canada. They were nice enough to take me along and let me play on some of their shows and introduce me around over there two years ago. So I'll go back over there. And, so May of, May of the year has kind of been when we go back over to England and Scotland because the weather's starting to get okay over there, and um, we can travel around. And then summers, you know, summer. I was I was kind of home a lot this summer. It seemed like, yeah. and that was okay. Somebody's got to mow the yard. Yeah. And, uh, Do you um, I, go back, I go back to Arkansas to see the family a lot because oh, that's my, right. You're from there my, my originally. Daughter, my, my mom and my brothers and sisters and stuff. So yeah. How how is Canada?
0: Do you tour up there a lot?
1: I went up there, I've uh, been up there a couple of times, I went up there with my friends, uh, to see my friends Tommy and Tia that live in the uh, southern part of Ontario and played with them a little bit, and then I went back for the indie uh, indie Week, uh, I think in 2014, got selected to go up there and wound up, I don't know, maybe in the top 20 of 250, you know, it was a kind of a contest deal, which I'm not crazy about contests, but if you're going to go, you ought to win. Yeah, right. <laughs> and so, I, So I wound up in top 15 or 20, I think, I don't recall, but... Uh, I'd like to do more of that. I just haven't, I haven't, uh, the world's a big place and it's hard to kind of. Yeah, it really is. Focus on.
0: Yeah. We've had I, a lot of, um, great artists on this show from Canada, Toronto, Ontario, all the way, Saskatchewan, I mean, everywhere. And, uh, it's, it's growing all the time and really, really, um, amazing artists too, which is great. Hey, tell me about your writing process, David. Like what's your fave? Um, do you sit mostly with a guitar on a piano? Like, what do you, what do you write with, um, is your favorite go-to instrument?
1: I would, I would say, I would say probably the guitar, but a piano, if it's, if it's around, because I, I'm not a great piano player, but it's a, it gives you a whole different, you know, as you know, it's, I mean, it's just a whole different voice and takes you to a different place. I, I tend to, I tend to collect words first. I'll, you know, the iPhone's become this, this tool where you, you know, you're driving along and you can speak into it, into the memo thing and you can say stuff or into notes or whatever. Right. I'll find, and as voice recognition gets better, my notes thing is a little more, sometimes I'll go back and look and I'll go, I don't even know what I was saying there yeah. because it, it auto-corrected to something completely ridiculous. <laughs> but but I'll I'll collect words and then as I get, uh, there just seems to come a bubbling up time when it's like, I got to write some stuff. So, you know, like this last weekend, I, I finished a couple of new tunes. I'm working on a Christmas tune for a guy that has a Christmas comp- compilation over in the Highlands of Scotland and he wants me on it. So, Never written a Christmas song, so that one's kind of on assignment. And I'm not—I'm yeah. not a big gushy Christmas guy, but I thought, well, what's what's an angle I could take? So I'm kind of coming up with an idea there, and and yeah. then I'll sit down with the guitar and just start start uh, humming and, and, and trying to find a you know find a path for it. But, yeah. but they seem to find their way, you know.
0: They really do. Um you know, it's it's funny when you – everybody has different different ways, and, and, you know, it could be a drum beat. You, you being yeah. a drummer, it's like I hear sure. this riff, and I could build from there. Or, right. you know, I've actually written in the car with nothing, where it's just like I have a melody and, you know, whistle it into the iPhone or whatever. But I also noticed that with guitar playing, um, certain songs – you can write on, and especially you could appreciate this with all those magnificent acoustic guitars behind you on the wall. Each guitar has its own unique personality. And I've written songs that on one guitar that I I would look at it and go, I would never be able to write that on the Taylor, but I wrote that one on the the Ovation or vice versa or something.
1: Well, or a different tuning. I'm using Dadgad quite a bit. Yeah. And, And that takes you to a completely different... It opens things up and lets you... I don't know. I don't know how to describe it. You know, if you're a guitar player, you get it. And if you're not, you're going, what are they talking about? You know, but it's a, uh, it just takes you to a different place. You yeah, know?
0: I did. Um, uh, One of my albums, probably half the songs on it were written in dad, dad, Gad, and they didn't quite relate with the rest of the band live, but it didn't matter. It's like where the song yeah. came from, you know, and that's sure. where the melody's constructed. So it's great. songwriting has no rules. Gotta love it. You
1: know? <laughs> Well, that's why when I saw Rodney Crowley, you know, I'd spent the weekend with all these songwriters, and I'd heard stuff I loved, I'd heard stuff I couldn't quite get. And that's okay, too, you know, because somebody got it, doesn't have to, you know, just because an old guy like me didn't pick it up. And then we all sat down and listened to Rodney Crowell, and we all went, oh, my God. Yeah. Because he songs he'd written with Guy Clark and Vince Gill, and we're like, heesh, you know. Yeah. I was, you know, if you watch that Eagles documentary, the the, the, the history of the Eagles, they talk about JD and and Henley talk about or Glenn or whoever it was that lived upstairs from from Jackson Brown. When he oh, was writing yeah. Doctor, my eyes. And they said it drove them nuts. Yeah. Because it was just day after day after day after day. But the result was doctor, my eyes. And that's it's still played on the radio 45 years later. So, yeah, that's it's it's blood, sweat and tears. You know, you got to put it all in there.
0: So. And Jackson got his publishing back. <laughs> from yeah, David Geffen that was amazing that yeah. was pretty crazy hey um so so tell me about like when you're on the road do you write on the road do you write just like anytime that the spirit moves you or are you too busy on the road do you think
1: no i think you know the fact that we we now travel in a uh, in a motorhome my wife and i and her little dog we travel in a motorhome we're able to have some downtime that when you're looking for hotels and worrying about airports and all that nonsense you don't have that you're rushing around a lot more so yeah i stop, and and i you know for instance we went to west virginia the uh, second time we've been out there we went out there in august i think it was and i got i got to notice in uh, signs that uh, of little towns yeah and i, I I'd, I'd speak that into my phone just because it summoned up there was one i forget it was something creek i've got it in my phone but there it made me think of of uh, the you know the the, the civil war and it, it, you know i thought There's a story there, and I just need to build a story around that. And then I saw a town that was a woman's name, and I thought, well, I could write a song about that woman, even though I don't. There's nobody I know by that name, but I like the name and the way it rolled off your tongue, you know. And so, uh, book titles, any anything I see, um, and then just really just the people you see, because God, you know, there's so much. All you got to do is go to the mall and sit there and you're going to get some material for better (laughs) or worse.
0: You You even, you even get some comedy out of that, man. Going to the mall is hysterical. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Yeah. I'm I'm not a great, I'm not great at writing funny songs. I'd like to get better at that. I think that's something that's, that's an art form to write. One of the things that, uh, one of the things that Rodney Crowell did the other night, he and Vince Gill wrote a song called, uh, it's hard to kiss the lips at night that chew your ass out all day long. (laughs) And, and, uh, You know, he said they were sitting there and they were trying to write this song and then nothing was happening. They were trying to write a song and Vince said, hey, we're funny, right? Yeah. And uh, Rodney Krause said, well, you are. You know, so they wrote this song and uh, I don't think their wives appreciated it much, but they, you know, it's a funny song. You got to do
0: what you got to do to pull it together, right?
1: Yeah, you got to tell the truth no matter what.
0: You You know, sometimes it's a mistake to do that. So it's a perfect time to play Our Mistakes by David Starr. Check this out.
2: Took the rain for granted till we were standing in the dust, and everything we knew just blew away. Now we're empty-handed and the road in front of us winds into the distant, cold and gray. Take a step, I'll take one two. You got me, and I've got you. We've got time, we've got each other, baby. We Maybe we can build an empire out of love And a light made out of second chances Faith and hope and daring dances Never giving up And learning from our mistakes you sometimes turn to rust and the sky's not always blue who knows what the future's gonna bring anywhere we end up no matter what we do together we can handle anything so take a step I'll take one two. you got me and I've got you we've got time we've got each other baby we And lovers maybe We can build an empire Out of love And a life made out Of second chances Faith and hope And daring dances Never giving up And learning From our mistakes me
0: from Our Mistakes, another hot track. Tell us, where did you do this track, David? Was this done uh, in your, your studio, Nashville? Where was this done?
1: No, that was cut in Nashville. I wrote that song with a guy named Kevin Fisher out in San Pedro, California. Kevin's a great writer. He had cuts with Rascal Flats and other people. And he was nice enough to take some time and write that one with me on one of my trips to California. But that's uh, that's uh, the same guy playing, playing guitar on that uh, uh, Rob McNally. And uh, some guys in Nashville recorded that as a, a demo studio, primarily a place called Beard Music Group. But, man, they do great work down there, and they have top-notch people working there. And and I was able to, since I've worked there before, I was able to kind of request the band and got the guys I wanted, and I was really, really glad. Uh, they rocked it out. I wasn't sure what we were going to do with that tune, but they heard the, the acoustic demo and said, yep, we got it. Yeah, so,
0: excellent song. Hey, tell me about your store. Um, you like to play Larry... Uh, Lara guitars Lar- right Larravee, yeah so yeah. yeah I hadn't heard of them I was just on their website so tell us about
1: um, is that exclusive in your store do you have other no, brands no. or got got a lot of other brands and I and I've carried over the years I've kind of tried everything because you know when you have a guitar store you you're tempted to because it's a candy store you want all the candy yeah. you want to be there for everybody and you of course the, the problem with is, is that that can get pretty expensive pretty quickly so yeah yeah uh, Leroy's kind of, kind of my only uh, American model that I American-made guitar. They make them in Ontario or Oxnard, California, rather. Uh, it's a Canadian company originally, but uh, uh, I've you know I've carried Martin as a new guitar, Taylor as a new guitar, Fender, a lot of different guitars, but but over time, a lot of those companies kind of kind of want, for lack of a better phrase, want to run your store by pushing uh, certain numbers on you that may not work for your for your area or whatever and that's okay they got to run their shop and i got to right. run mine but so i've kind of shifted since the recession and and this is something you've got to do in, in any retail business i think but particularly in the guitar business you've got you've got to kind of focus your attention in a price point and in and in a market that works for you so i carry more vintage stuff than i used to carry fewer electrics because the market seems to be more focused on acoustic music which in a way kind of makes me happy it means probably more people are doing songwriter stuff and uh you know it's uh, a a little a little unfortunate that kids these days aren't picking up the guitar like they did when i was a kid you know it's right they're maybe more interested in mobile gaming and iphones and stuff that i don't fully understand because there's nothing more gratifying than being able to sit down and write a song and play an instrument and entertain your friends and yourself and uh, i sure urge everybody to try it at least once in their life but yeah, but it's a good, it's a good little shop. I'm in the middle of nowhere. If you look at a map and people walk in here and see this store with all these guitars, and they go, "What are you doing here, man?" And I go, "I like <laughs> the view. I like to view." And UPS stops here twice a day, so it doesn't matter where you live. Yeah, anymore.
0: that's true. So tell me about uh, do you do do you have any other uh, retail pieces, or is it exclusively guitars only? Or no, I'm
1: like I, I've got I've got electric guitars, acoustic guitars. Oh. I've got cables. I've got accessories. I've got a few keyboards you know mostly home piano kind of keyboards for the local folks that like those and i've carried drums and i can get drums I, i've sort of gotten myself into a situation where i can get most anything so in recording interfaces that sort of thing so yeah somebody walks in and they say i've got a new mac i want to i want to get set up to do recording i can sell them a nice mic and a nice interface and set of phones and, and and sit down with them and show them how to use the software we we sort of work real hard with our customers to make sure they get you know, they walk out of here feeling good about the purchase and because the big box stores don't always have that expertise or experience. Everybody that works in my stores, uh, I hate to use the word old like me, but they're old like me and they've been around. I got a guy that works <laughs> on old, he's been working on tube amps for 40 years. He knows how to fix them, you know? So
0: nothing like a tube amp. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yeah. So, so tell me about, um, like where you are, like population wise, is it, is it like, are you out in the country? Like completely, well, you know, like
1: we're on a we're on what's called the the, the Grand uh, the Grand Mesa by Bi- scenic byway. So it's a it's a highway that, that's sort of off the beaten path, but it's a nice you know nice highway that goes over the Grand Mesa. The town itself, I don't know, population in city limits is about twenty two hundred. The valley, the Surface Creek Valley that we're in, is probably eight thousand. But if you went out with the with a straight string and went in a full circle, you could gather up probably a hundred thousand people. So yeah, I sort of built the store with the build it and they will come. Uh, attitude and and right. to a large extent that's happened you know because guitar guys and i assume you're one of them you know if, if there are guitars nearby you can smell them and you'll sniff them out you know yeah. so yeah well just it's funny far, it that,
0: took that, took me um i think it took me four years to find like my tailor like uh, that i bought um and, huh? and you know it's kind of like where finding the pair of good boots you know that you just sure. keep trying and trying and and uh, I haven't bought a new guitar in twelve years. This is why I'm asking you so many questions. I may show uh, up at your
1: doorstep any any minute. Saying <laughs> you're, you're welcome anytime. We we match everybody's prices, all that good stuff. And it's it's uh, it, it was when I started the store. I was in Little Rock, Arkansas, living there, and I was in the financial services business for a time because I sort of needed a a little a little more stable way to make a living if you could call it that and right but i but i collected guitars and i thought you know i just i want to be surrounded by this stuff and it made me happy so i had a store there for three years and then i wanted to get back on the western part of the country so i moved back out here and it's it's tough to make it in a town this size but we work real hard at it and it's working out okay
0: how does your wife like uh the road going on the road do you guys enjoy the traveling is it is it cool for both of you yeah
1: We, we do And i think i think that the fact that uh, she seems to like the idea of, uh, of traveling in a motorhome because you're not in and out of the car taking junk in a hotel and back and yeah. forth. So we, you know, we throw some food together and put it in the refrigerator, and we can go out for for a week or ten days and and mostly eat healthier. Uh, you know, stop when we want, start when we want. You're not worried about check in and check out times. So right, and you can kind of take detours and do some two lane roads you wouldn't do otherwise. So yeah, I think she's enjoying it and yeah. and. Uh, Seems to. It sounds like take,
0: fun, man. You're on the road. A
1: dog, there, you know.
0: Yeah, so. you gotta have the dog, man. You sure. know, companion. Hey, let's. Uh, speaking of on the road, it's time to play "Long Ride Home." Here we go. I
2: miss the Lone Star sun coming up. Miss the morning in your eyes One more day away from the ones I love Every dreamer pays a price And this kind of lonely Will make a man think twice I've been a long time gone Cowboy with a song Another honky tone One more rodeo Well I've made memories I've made friends Broke some fences I had to mend Thank God I didn't have to walk alone I'm ready for that long ride home blessings add up all the miles count me lucky in this life we may never pass this way again but i'm glad we shared the ride been a long time gone a cowboy with a song another honky-tonk one more rodeo well i've made memories i've made friends broke some fences i had to mend. thank god i didn't have to walk alone Cowboy with a song, another honky tonk, one more rodeo. Well, I've made memories, I've made friends, broke some fences, I them in. Thank God I didn't have to walk alone. Well, I've That long
0: ride home Yeah, ready for that long ride home. What a good song, man. That feels like out on the road to me. That
1: felt great. Thank you. That uh, We wrote that with our friend Cindy and I worked on that with our friends uh, uh, Tia McGrath and Tommy Parham up in... Uh, in Ontario, they, they were kind enough to host us up there for some shows and we stayed at their house and we, we sat one night and, and, uh, worked on that tune and, uh, we, we, we sort of envisioned in our, in a perfect world, somebody like George Strait recording that song and it hadn't happened yet, but you know what? You never know. That would be, we think that would work for him. Yeah. When you, he, desc- doesn't, know, he doesn't know it yet. But, yeah. He'll
0: find out soon enough yeah. though. W- when you describe your music, David, do you use, uh, Americana as the you know the single word description for your music just if, if somebody's curious as to you know what what country am I landing in with your
1: music I, I think so i think I think oftentimes it, you know my album before this one had a lot of a lot more steel guitar on it, which things automatically sort of become country and I've kind of got an accent and that sort of thing but i I like the Americana label because it gives me room to do some other things you know if i if I think of the the first Americana the most iconic Americana act for me would be the band. yeah you know, they just, right. Levon was a friend of mine. I knew him and and because uh, he hung out there in Northwest Arkansas with family and friends and and uh, whatnot. And so I, I got to know him and he was a big influence on me as a singer and a drummer, and I love Robbie's guitar playing. And that to me, that was just this weird amalgam of uh, of of styles and and you know Delta blues and country and everything else. and it it to me that's Americana. so. You know, if I could if I could have a band that would do exactly that kind of stuff only with really, really smooth harmonies, you know, kind of an Eagles meets band sort of... Uh,
0: yeah, well, that's kind of where yeah. you are. I mean, that's kind of what I feel like where you live. Um, and I sure. don't like to put people in a box or genreize it, but some people use that as to, hey, well, well what is what is he about? So well, you kind of
1: have to now, or people, I mean, people ask that, you know, and yeah. so you got you to gotta, you gotta have something, you know.
0: Right, yeah, I, I like the... Um, I like the way you've um, selected all the greatest pieces of what you described earlier as, you know, the great vocals, the guitar sounds, all of this. Because it is sort of country, but it's sort of, it's kind of got a little, it's got the best of
1: everything. Hey, tell me about Hawaii. How is touring in Hawaii for you? Well, uh, my wife has a a son and, and two grandchildren, two beautiful grandchildren that live on the island of Kauai. And as a as a kid, she's she's gone there all her life, and I'd never been there until a few years ago. Uh, so I, I started going over to Kauai to visit, and she's over there a lot seeing her grandkids and her son. And so I'd try to pick up gigs when I was over there. So to yeah. call it touring, touring is a little, right. maybe a generous word for it, yeah, right. but I was able to go over there and play a little bit, and that's a lot of fun. Met some some people who were into completely different sorts of things. And then I I stumbled onto the Kauai Music Festival, which was held on the island of Kauai for a number of years. Now it's moved to the big island. I went there uh, this past June and, uh, you know, saw a lot of my old friends and and met some new ones. So... uh, couple of people I'd like to go back over there and write with, you know, and if you got to yeah. go somewhere and write, there's not, that's not a bad spot. You yeah.
0: Know? It's awesome. It must be so relaxing because, you know, not only you get to embrace the family, but the beautiful Island and then, and then doing some gigs on top of that,
1: that's sure. the best of sure. all worlds. I hey, try so, to look for a gig everywhere I go, you know?
0: Yeah. It's the, it's the way to do it because then you're not just, you know, you don't seem like the type of guy with all you have going on, sitting on your hands, like just, you know, vacationing. No. I mean, you, you like to obviously you like to, be working, which is, yep. you know, embracing your life. So, listen, we're at the end already, David. It's been a pleasure. Give us, please, if you would, um, the best place p- for people to support and purchase your music. Would it be your website?
1: Uh, you can go to, uh, I've got the right on the hat there, DavidStarMusic.com is the website. And awesome. I don't think, I'm, I don't know if I'm set up to purchase there or not. I, I can't recall. I think so. But if not, you can go to iTunes, you can go to starsguitars.com, and there's a link on the, the guitar store website where you can. Do it, and I'll ship them directly for here. I think CD Baby is a good place. They keep, they keep uh, several in stock of each. I've got, I think, six solo albums, and then a full band album, and then another duo album. So I've got a lot of product and Wow, man, a lot of tunes. And in your the, website I just, kills. I love your website. Oh, thank it's you, really great. Thank
0: you. And it's David Star with two R's, S T A R R folks. So please. You know, look him up, go to his website and check it out. It's a great website, Um, such a history. Hey, David, I love the stories, your music and hanging with you today. And it was a pleasure to have you on the Dharmic Evolution today.
1: It was a pleasure to be here. Thanks for having
3: me. Do you ever wonder why you were created and what you're here to do? Then the geography of the soul will help you to find your true place in this world. The music is so inspirational, including tracks such as I Wanna Be Loved, State of Grace, and Ride On. James Kevin O'Connor is an internationally acclaimed singer, songwriter, music producer, entertainment agent, TV star, and a loving father who leads you to find your true place. And calms your mind and soul in breathtaking ways. Buy Geography of the Soul Today by James Kevin O'Connor at iTunes, CD Baby, Amazon, JamesKevinO'Connor.com, Geography of the Soul, a beautiful CD that you need to own today. By James Kevin O'Connor.
0: Sponsored by the James O'Connor Agency. Hold it love, our mistakes, and long ride home. Wow, some amazing stories and some amazing sounds. It's the world of super creative David Starr. You can check out David on the Dharmic Evolution website now in 57 countries and growing strong. And we're very close to launching our very own radio TV satellite network that will put this show into 198 countries very soon. And it's all happening via the James O'Connor Agency. An international talent agency designed to broadcast your global career. Stay tuned for all of the details, and you can now visit us on the site, find out all about the exciting work we're doing around the world. Go to the JamesO'ConnorAgency.com or over to dharmicevolution.com and check out your show and blog profile right now. If you've been on this show, you are on the site, and people from 57 countries are logging in to see and hear about you and your music. That's it for me today. I'm your host for the Dharmic Evolution, James Kevin O'Connor, singer-songwriter, audio-video artist, master storyteller, and now international talent agent. So until the next time when we meet again, I'll either see you on the
4: socials or i see you from the stage. Ride on, ride on, baby, you take a ride with me? Ride on, ride on, we can untangle all the system.